right, welcome back, everybody. Episode number 36 of the Plume Cast. Uh, another week, and my God, this has been an absolutely just insane week when it comes to Xbox and it comes to just video games in general. I can't remember something bigger than has occurred this week. So we all know what it is. It's the uh, Activision Blizzard acquisition, and we're going to talk about it in this episode and, and go over some of the stuff that's going on with that. Kind of look at the studios, I guess, that they have. And um, yeah, it's been crazy because there's been so many opinions out there about this. A lot of people are angry, very, very angry about this acquisition, especially from the PlayStation side. And then you got people on the Xbox side are celebrating and happy because it looks like Xbox is really, really back to compete. They are here and they're here for good. And Microsoft believes in them. We'll get all, into all that later on in the episode. Um, so that, that, that was crazy. Other than that, I mean, I just finished watching my, as you guys can see up here, my Tennessee Titans lose the number one seed to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm extremely disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I'm very, very hurt right now inside. I've all my sports teams that I've ever cheered for. I've never won anything. They've always disappointed me. So I'm sad, disappointed, but I'm not surprised. I, I can't lie. And, um, I guess congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals and their fans out there. It was a, it was a, I would say like it was a kind of a boring game for the first half and then picked up in the second half. Ryan Tannehill was just absolutely terrible, absolutely brutal, like embarrassing to come out like that, throw a pick on your first throw and then just do nothing in the first half and then throw a pick on your last throw and lose the game. He lost the game for their team. The defense, Titans defense showed up. What did they get? Nine sacks. It was insane. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's just terrible. But anyways, I'm not going to get into sports. This isn't a sports podcast. I'm just super disappointed in that performance. And um, but yeah, like I said, congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals. So on every week on the podcast, I drink a beer. This week is uh, St. Ambroise uh, Oatmeal Stout from Montreal, Quebec. Uh, very good beer. It's a very tasty stout. I like stouts in general. Guinness is one of my favorite beers. And um yeah, I, the only stouts I don't really like are ones that are super like, uh, I would say, chocolatey and like, or not maybe not chocolatey, but they have like some sort of fruity taste to it. I don't know. There's some weird ones out there. There's like a strawberry stout I've had, which I didn't really like, but this one's good. It's, it's quite tasty. So let me know what you guys are drinking in the comments below and any suggestions of what I you think I should go in and pick up. It's been super cold here the last... I'd say week, like in the negative 15, negative 20 Celsius. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but extremely, extremely cold. And I have not wanted to, to go outside very much other than having to take my dog out for a walk. Uh, that's pretty much all I've been been limiting myself to because it's been really cold. But it's, it's okay. I mean, as Canada, we don't always have, it's usually not that cold all the time, but this week's been absolutely crazy. Um, and so let's jump into what games I've been playing. So this week I've played a couple of games, but two games I really want to focus on because they're exact opposites. And it kind of helps me explain um, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the first one I'm going to talk about. So Guardians of the Galaxy, I finished actually today. It took me about, I think, 18 to 20 hours or so to finish. So it was longer than I expected. And this game has me just completely torn, completely torn on what I truly think about it in the sense that I loved one aspect of it and I was bored from another aspect of it. So the aspect I loved was the narrative, the writing, 
the characters were unbelievable. Like these characters could easily be in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, maybe even replace the current actors they have in there. Like it was that good, in my opinion, when it comes to the acting within this game. Just the one lining, the one lines and the writing and the interaction and the development and just anything when it comes to like the cinematic part of this game and the actual written part of this game was outstanding. Probably one of the best I've ever actually played. Like it was that good in my opinion. And if you're like someone who loves very, very linear games where the story is the main focus and the gameplay is like you know, kind of a secondary thing, you'll enjoy this game. And if you are looking for something to kind of just sit back and just kind of laugh, you'll you'll enjoy this game. And if you like Marvel, you like Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll enjoy this game. So I do recommend you going to, to pick it up and play, especially if you can get it on sale. Like I got it for 40 bucks, I believe, which was a great price. So I was happy I picked it up. I'm happy I played the way it the way through. But on the other hand, I found the gameplay just extremely boring and bland. And I found there wasn't even enough real combat in this game until you got near the end of the game in the last couple of chapters where there was a lot of combat and the combat itself is like very very shallow so overall that's why i'm torn because i'm always a person who loves games with great gameplay like that's what i gravitate towards first like if a game has an okay narrative but just incredible gameplay i will enjoy the game if a game has an incredible narrative like guardians of the galaxy but has boring gameplay, I will find myself being bored throughout the game. And I did find myself at points throughout Guardians of the Galaxy just kind of wanting to just push through the gameplay as fast as possible. I didn't really care about it. I had no interest in actually doing the fights and, and no interest in doing any of the platforming or the puzzles because they were very boring. They they were very simple, I guess. And I just wanted to get to the next cutscene. I wanted to get to the next dialogue between the characters because it was that good. That's why I'm torn. So for me, as an entire package of a video game, I would say it was good because, but not great because the narrative really pulled it along. But it it kind of, it's about 20 hours. So it goes on pretty decently. I really did find myself at the end before like the last, I'd say two chapters-ish, two, maybe three chapters. I was just it was a slog. Like I just wanted the thing to end. I wanted it to be over with because I was so bored of the gameplay. And I find that's a big problem with a lot of these big um, cinematic style games that I think like this, this story, these characters, I think would be better suited for a cinematic experience without any gameplay at all. I, I don't know. I may be in the complete minority when it comes to my opinion on, on this guardians of the galaxy game. And uh, cause I saw a lot of people just absolutely ranting and raving about it and loving it and i mean for good reason like i said because of how good the characters are i just if they make a second one and it's the exact same in terms of gameplay i i don't know what i'll do i may just watch the cutscenes, or i may push myself through playing it if it's the only way i can get get the uh get the characters because i loved the characters in this game like drax had some of the best dry humor Peter Quill was just like that idiot leader and he played that role so well. Rocket was just unbelievable. And uh, even Gamora was awesome too. So it was just, it was, I mean, that's why I'm just really torn on it. That's the, I'm going to leave it at that. I am, I am torn on it, but I will stick with my, my opinion that gameplay is far more important in video games than a narrative. I think that that's something I'll, I'll, I'll never change because you see a lot of games really going towards that big linear, um, cinematic style of experience because people love it and it, 
whatever. If you love it, that's great. For me, when I play a video game, I want deep gameplay. Which brings me to my next, my next game that I've been playing, which is the exact opposite of Guardians of the Galaxy, and that is Windjammers 2. And my god, that game is fun as hell. Like, when I talk about gameplay, addicting gameplay, even if it doesn't have like insane amount of like deepness in the mechanics, but it, it is a game gameplay that still requires a lot of strategy, a lot of kind of like skill to, to do well at it. Windjammers 2 is that game, and it's not it's a very small game. There's only like a short arcade mode, and then there's online, and then there's like couch co-op. And I've been playing, I've played the arcade mode, went through that, and I've been playing tons of just like online versus. And it's so fun. It's a disc throwing game, pretty much. It's like air hockey, but with like a frisbee, I guess, or like a disc. And you have different um, throws, like a lob, a straight shot, a curve shot, a drop shot. And you have different power-ups or custom, they call them, I think they call like custom something moves where you can you can do these these shots that are much harder to stop if you charge your player up enough and if you time... Um, defending the other opponent's throw by like tossing up the disc once it gets to you so there's all that type of stuff in it so there is like a lot of strategy that goes within this game and when you're playing against somebody and you're having a huge rally and you can't seem to predict their next move so that you can score it's so it's so exhilarating it's so fun I, i'm absolutely loving windjammers 2 and it's a remake of a retro game which is the first one and it comes from .emu, which is a publisher that has done Streets of Rage 4. They're doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. They've done Windjammers 2, and I don't know if they've done other big ones, but those are the ones I can think of right now. And this studio is quickly becoming one of my favorite studios because they not only do they put out these retro revivals, which I always like, like seeing these older games that were great back in the day come back and get like a new audience towards them, and as well as like give nostalgia to the people that love them. But they're not just bringing them back and cashing in on the name. Like they're bringing them back and they're doing a great job with, with making sure that these games are good. So when Jammers 2, it's on Xbox Game Pass. It's not going to be for everybody. It's, it's more of just like an online competitive game, 1v1 type of thing. But if you have ever played Windjammers before, I think you should definitely check it out. If you just want to try something new that becomes extremely addicting and is fast paced and just fun to play. I, I do a hundred percent recommend it. I know this is not a game. A lot of people talk about probably not a game that's going to get that much attention on game pass, but maybe it will. I hope it does get a little bit bigger. It'd be cool to watch like some awesome tournaments online or something, some like Twitch streams, whatever, but yeah, it's so fun. And, and, and that's what I mean. Like I gravitate far more towards a game like, like Windjammers too, because it's just great gameplay and there's nothing flashy about it, but the gameplay's tight. The mechanics are tight and it's pure, pure fun. So it's definitely a difference in the two styles of games that I played this week. Um, so yeah, that's it. I mean, we're going to talk about the Activision stuff. So I might as well just, just get right into it. Also like, like every single week, let me know what you guys have been playing in the comments below. So let's just get over here pull up the sh the uh picture here for stream or for not stream you know what i mean podcast and here it is it's a great picture clobril tweeted this out putting in and differentiating between the different studios 
within Xbox Game Studios. You have all the ones that we already know of. You have the Bethesda stuff that was just um, acquired last year. And now you have just an insane, insane acquisition for $68.7 billion. The biggest in video game history of Activision Blizzard. Now, when you think about Activision Blizzard, unfortunately, within the last several, several years, I think a lot of people just think about like Call of Duty or, or specifically with Activision. They just think about Call of Duty because Activision has like literally put all of their resources into creating Call of Duty every year with um, Treyarch, even Raven helps on it, Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer Games. So that's one of the things that Xbox is going to get is they're going to get access to that. The biggest IP in video games pretty much, which is call of duty. And then you have the blizzard side, which also has one of the biggest IPs ever in video games, which is world of Warcraft. And then they get all of these other smaller studios like high moon toys for Bob B And then they have the other huge thing in there, which is King. And that's where I think Xbox, Microsoft are looking at this deal and thinking we got to get on this because King with the Candy Crutch series and the the Bubble Witch series, it's such a huge, huge uh, foot inside of the mobile gaming market where you're automatically a leader in mobile gaming with the amount of money, the amount of players that those games have. So I think Xbox was definitely focusing on King a lot when they were looking at this deal and thinking what they, what they could do with that and pushing mobile and Xbox forward on on phones because we know Xbox is really trying to get Xbox into as many people's hands as possible and to do that getting on everyone's mobile phone will be just a huge step forward we know they're trying that with the cloud gaming but if you could start putting auto, automatically have access to all these IPs where you're have all these apps on people's phones already you've already infiltrated such a large market that are inside of the ecosystem instantly. So that's stuff huge. But with this acquisition, there was a lot of like banter back and forth between journalists, just people like me um, making videos, talking about it. All of my thoughts are pretty much laid out in my videos that I made throughout the week. If you wanted to go check that out. Um, But there's a lot of weirdness going on. When stuff like this happens because everyone has an opinion everyone thinks there's they're an expert and we really just don't know what all of this is going to mean in the future and how it's going to affect the video game industry so I, let's start off here the first thing people are extremely concerned about when it comes to this acquisition they continuously are throwing out the word consolidation 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 and the fear that consolidation is going to hurt the video game industry in a way that it's going to take away creativity. Devs are going to be not treated as well. And the competition between platforms and studios is going to decrease, meaning that we aren't going to get as great products. We're going to be forced to play stuff that we don't really want to play or quality of games we that are just, or games that are coming out just to cash in on things like microtransactions and all that type of stuff. And that fear itself is a is a very i would say valid fear when it comes to consolidation when you've seen consolidation happen um in other industries you even saw it with with xbox with lionhead that was a studio that they kind of didn't do very well with and they regretted that now but that fear right now when it comes to this acquisition to me is kind of weird in the sense that we've seen so far what xbox is doing 
with the studios that they have acquired from the studios originally with an Xbox game studios like Obsidian, um, Mojang with, with Minecraft. That was one of their biggest ones ever. Compulsion, Ninja Theory, like all these studios that are newer to within Xbox game studios, we've seen Xbox not affect them in a negative way. We've only seen these studios improve. One of the biggest ones I always like to talk about is Double Fine. And look at Double Fine after Xbox, Microsoft acquired them. Look at Psychonauts 2 and think about would we have had a game as great as Psychonauts 2 if it wasn't for the acquisition by Xbox? And the answer to that is no, we wouldn't have. They even admitted it that the acquisition gave them more resources, allowed them to put in some of the bosses within the game and allowed them to make one of the best platformers we've ever gotten in a candidate for game of the year. So consolidation fear is one thing, but at least so far from the evidence we have with Xbox Game Studios and Microsoft is that they are affecting studios that they are buying in a positive way, more so than in a negative way. And we are going to continue to see that, especially with the Bethesda games. When we see that the next Bethesda game that was developed, um, starting from the ground up when they were within Xbox Game Studios, that will be very telling on how that does. And then we go down to Activision Blizzard. And I think that the net positive from this acquisition far outweighs the net negative for a, for a few reasons. Firstly, we know about... Activision Blizzard. We know how just brutal and terrible their workplace environment was. I mean, they're still like going through it in the courts, I believe, and stuff in California. I I don't I'm not fully updated on that that whole case, but that's what I've heard. And we know that there's just big issues and developers were just not being treated properly. So, Xbox is going to come in and fingers crossed, I mean, from what we've seen so far with Phil Spencer what he said and his his philosophy when it comes to this stuff, they're going to come in and they're going to clean up that act. And it may even be starting right now because we saw this week, Mikey Barra came out with like a list of things that Blizzard's going to start doing in order to improve the work environment. So it may even be starting right now. I'm sure it is. I'm sure they're going to be working all the way up until this deal is finalized to start turning around the workplace culture within Activision Blizzard. So I think that effect alone is extremely extremely positive and i don't see how people are looking at this in any way as as a bad thing when it comes to at least the work environment now obviously microsoft and xbox are a huge corporation all huge corporations have bad parts of them that have done bad things that's just life like that's reality so sitting there and thinking that xbox is perfect is absurd but they're definitely so far from what we understand what we we've heard they're better right now, significantly better than Activision Blizzard. And I think that this acquisition will have a great effect on the employees. And we've even seen, I think, employees on like Twitter and stuff happy about this acquisition, knowing that, hey, this is kind of like a fresh start. I'm not stuck in this company where it's a dead end. I'm not, I don't like the work environment, but now I'm able to go over where we've seen Xbox and other studios there be treated properly and, and they get kind of that fresh start. So that's a good thing. The second really good thing from this is the IPs. The IPs that Xbox gets. There's so many. I'm not going to go through them all. I did go through the list um, in a video previously, if you want to check that out. But they get Call of Duty, which is huge. And then they get, with all the studios there, and then they get a studio, Toys for Bob. Toys for Bob is a really great studio. They've done a lot of remakes, like the Spyro remake, the Crash Bandicoot remake, Crash Bandicoot 4, 
and uh, Crash Team Racing. And they have a lot of talent within that studio and lots of great IPs that come along with that. I mean, Crash and Spyro alone are huge. And you could do so much, make so many great games from that, that that's extremely exciting. You have Blizzard, you have games like Overwatch. You have all of like, like the Hearthstones, the World of Warcraft, which is like, do people realize how huge World of Warcraft is? Like, it's like one of the biggest IPs ever. And it's so many people have played it and it's so iconic. And that game needs to be revitalized, I think, from what we're seeing with the numbers and stuff. And now Xbox has access to that where they can bring World of Warcraft finally over to console. I mean, that would be huge. Or put it into Game Pass, get people, give people access to the game and maybe somehow do so. Like, if I don't know if they're. The thing is with a game like World of Warcraft, are they still going to be charging the monthly fee? Probably. I think. I don't know how ESO works. If that's even a, a thing where they charge the monthly fee. But if you do play ESO, let me know. Because that would be something very interesting to think about. How they're going to incorporate the MMO subscription model into the Xbox Game Pass model when it finally comes onto the service. But they can put that on now, Game Pass. And maybe make that port for console. Which would just revitalize the entire the entire MMO because you'd have tons of people with Xboxes jumping in and playing and experiencing it maybe for the first time because if you only ever play on console you probably haven't played World of Warcraft so that's extremely too you have Overwatch Overwatch is now a part of Xbox and I really enjoy Overwatch I've, I played it a, a lot back in the day on PC and it was it's a it's a great team-based shooter strategic shooter I have a lot of fun when I play it. So they're going to be able to have another incredible shooter within their repertoire and then put it into Xbox Game Pass, right? So it's all of that type of stuff that is crazy. They also have High Moon Studios besides Blizzard and High Moon has worked on a bunch of stuff. Like I think they did like a Transformers game, which uh, would be cool to bring back. Activision also used to make a bunch of Spider-Man games. Like imagine they were able to somehow... Uh, get another superhero IP and make some new superhero games with all of these studios. So that's that's the positive. Now, the other positive when it comes to all of these IPs is the fact that Phil Spencer has already said that he's excited about diving into the different IPs and, and bringing them back. And it looks like they're going to be able to finally, I'm assuming they're going to change the way that they do Call of Duty, not just throw every single resources within Activision into making Call of Duty every single year. We've seen that they're now debating whether they want to put Call of Duty on a yearly basis. And I would think it would be the smartest thing Xbox ever did with that franchise is if they took it off of the annual release and just created like a live service game for it. Maybe like every three years or so where they're just continuously adding content for that one game. And then three years later, they have a big new revolutionary Call of Duty. I think that would be super cool. And then you could free up a lot of those resources to work on new IPs and new games from the Activision Blizzard portfolio. So that's another big positive. Plus, plus because Call of Duty has grown so much, Activision has had trouble taking away resources from working on the game because every year they're always trying to beat their previous year's uh, goals with that game. And to do that, you need to make it bigger. You need to make it better, which means you have to get more people working on the game, which takes those more people away from working on anything else, which continues that terrible cycle um, that was happening with an Activision. 
And now with the amount of resources, personnel, technology, everything within Xbox Game Studios, within Xbox, there are going to be, they're going to free up so many people to work on new things. So I think the, the bottom line for the IP stuff is that because Xbox has acquired them, I think we're going to get so many more just brand new games coming from Activision Blizzard with like older IPs, so like brand new versions of these older IPs. So that's extremely exciting to me. You think about like Tony Hawk as well, like if they make a new Tony Hawk, like the remake of Tony Hawk's World Scary 1-2 was incredible. And then they took all the employees off that and put it back on Call of Duty. And we may not see that anymore. Maybe we'll see a just brand new Tony Hawk, not just a remake. So that those three things, the IPs, the work environments, and the way that Xbox handles their studios, I don't have too much fear of this consolidation thing. And it's not even really fully consolidation because there's so many other huge studios out there that are still independent, that still operate. So... I don't know. I, I can understand the fear if you're not a fanboy, you're just literally thinking about this. I can I get it, but I, I for me, as someone who has been following Xbox pretty closely for the last while now, I think that they could do, they're going to do a great job with this. Now, the next thing when it comes to that, though, is what happens if Phil Spencer leaves? Then then there could be more issues. That's the only thing. You, the The biggest fear I have is when he leaves, is the next person who comes in line after him going to screw everything up? You know, kind of like the Don Matrick thing. And are they going to make sure that they hire the best person for the job? Like that's the number one um, thing that they got to look at is who is the best, who has the best credentials, who has, um, who, who would be the best to continue Xbox on the path that it's currently on. So that, that's, that'll be a different story when that happens. But for now, I don't think this is a bad thing. So, and then there's the other, the other talk that a lot of people have. So I'll just go over to Twitter here because there's a lot of things, but there's a lot of talk that other people have is the monopoly thing, the monopoly thing, which again, it's to me, I'm not a lawyer. I don't fully understand um, all of the stuff within, within the, the, how the government looks at it and are they going to be very critical and, and think that like, this is way too much of a monopoly or whatever, which it isn't a monopoly. That's absurd to think about, but are they, are they going to look at it and try to, to, to stop the deal because they want to put in their big government and like power and be like, we stand for the something, whatever that, that always happens. But when you look at it um, from the perspective of like, how many studios are still out there? How many studios make all of this money? And um, the percentage of studios that Xbox actually owns, I don't think it will be even come close to being a monopoly. And everyone has their, their opinion. But I also, at the end of the day, don't think that at any point would Xbox have considered announcing this deal if they, for a second thought, that they were, it wasn't going to pass. I just don't think so because they probably have some of the best lawyers and some of the best people that looked at this before the announcement went out and gave them the go ahead. And I think there's like a $3 billion break or something, whatever it's called, if the deal doesn't go through that they have to pay. I think that's like shows their confidence in the deal. But 
like I said, I don't fully understand all of this stuff, but the likelihood that it is not going to go through, I think is very low. The majority of people who are commenting on it being a monopoly, like I'm not talking about journalists, like the journalists, they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to this type of stuff. I'm talking about people who are like, I guess the economists and the people that have, have looked at stuff like this before, have dealt with stuff like this before. They say there's concerns, but the deal is going to go through. There, there, it would be very like unlikely from what I've read, and I could be wrong, but like journalists and, and the people trying to trying to put the fear, uncertainty, and doubt into this deal, they're just they just have their own their opinions and they're they're gonna put whatever is out there that will get them the most clicks onto their articles. It's not it's not and they don't really know what the, <laughs> if this is a monopoly or not. Like that's just in my opinion at least, that's like that's the fact of it, but We'll have to wait and see. And then thirdly, the craziest thing about this deal is the meltdown from people who are just such huge fanboys to PlayStation. And it's almost like, like even, so a lot of people dislike on the Xbox, I call him Moriarty. I don't really have an issue with him. I haven't listened to him in a very long time. I honestly always thought that he was actually pretty level-headed and had some decent opinions in general when it came to the video game industry and just games in general and just, yeah, just overall games. But he's 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 had some pretty bad takes, I think, on this entire thing since it came out. Like this tweet here: "In purchasing Activision, Microsoft has undoubtedly set off a new round of mergers and acquisitions that will coalesce entities. It's bad for creativity, bad for devs, and bad for players." So that line there: "Bad for creativity." When it comes to Activision Blizzard, I would disagree based off of the stuff that I said previously. Bad for devs, again, I would definitely disagree. When it comes to Activision Blizzard specifically, bad for players, again, I kind of disagree with that when it comes to Xbox because we look at Xbox ecosystem, we look at their strategy. They're not holding these exclusives hostage where you have to go buy an Xbox and play them, which would happen if PlayStation bought Activision Blizzard. 100% that would happen. Like, who are we kidding? So... And then, and on top of that, they're putting it in a service that is more accessible than we've ever seen within the video game industry. At a cheaper price, you're getting access to all of these AAA games. Like Xbox is literally making video games more accessible than ever, than we've ever seen before, or at least AAA games because of their ecosystem and putting it on multiple places. They're allowing people with, I've had people in my comments, like they're allowing people with families of like a bunch of kids like two, three, four, five kids who, how expensive would that be if you had to buy a console for each one of those kids and then buy them a $70 copy of a video game each time they wanted to play a game? Like, that would be insane, right? They're allowing families now to be able to have, um, to be able to game, pretty much. <laughs> like, that's the bottom line, I guess. They're allowing families to be able to game. So, I don't see how it's bad for any of those things. Specifically, with the Activision Blizzard. Now, if he's talking about in general, if another company, another big company, um, isn't as consumer friendly, starts buying up all of uh, these studios and and puts them exclusively on a platform via like such as PlayStation, such as Nintendo, even if it was like I don't know Google Stadia, where you you had to uh, does Google Stadia work on your phone? I don't really know, but like any of one of these other big companies that don't really know anything about video games and they're just kind of trying, they have a lot of money and they're trying to get into it because they know how big of an industry it is and they kind of ruin IPs and ruin developers and stuff like that. 
then I would be more concerned. But Xbox is is it's not it's not the OG Xbox anymore. They aren't just getting in the industry. They they have a lot of experience now. They've completely kind of turned the ship around from the Xbox One. So for me, those concerns I don't see at least right now. And I hope I'm not proven wrong. I really, really hope I'm not proven wrong. Um, and then the other, the other side of things is like people comparing a PlayStation now to, to Xbox in the sense that the argument I always see is that PlayStation organic builds from the bottom up, blah, 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 blah. Xbox, the only way they can compete is if they go out and buy a bunch of studios and all this type of stuff. And it's just like, like you do you know PlayStation literally just bought five studios in 2021. Yeah, they've they're studios that have worked on PlayStation games for a while, but they've also worked on other games. You do know they bought Insomniac and then they bought the the, uh, the Spider-Man IP, which is like one of their best-selling IPs ever, right? So it's and you do know that PlayStation also has been the king of like console exclusives and timed exclusives and and holding Street Fighter and Final Fantasy off of other platforms so I, I don't know the argument is to me is kind of absurd because at the end of the day it's what we've seen got to look at the history of what we've seen with X xbox do so far and that is not hold you hostage to a console give you multiple places to play give you cheap access to these games so more people than ever can experience these games and even with some IPs, keep them literally on everything, including PlayStation, such as Minecraft. So they're not really hurting the current fan bases that are in there. Which brings me to, will Call of Duty be exclusive to Xbox once the, the current agreements are over? And I'm, my first thought is no. Or sorry, my first thought is yes other than Warzone, because of what we've seen with Bethesda. Because of what we've seen with Bethesda. Phil Spencer did put out a tweet saying that they are um, going to honor the existing agreements and they're, they're, they're not going to take um, the games off PlayStation or Call of Duty won't be off PlayStation. I forget what his exact wordings were, but it, it was sound. a lot of people were interpreting it in various different ways. Again, I made a video on this um, if you want to check it out. But from the wording that he put out you know what i can also just kind of i can just find phil spencer and then we can just read the exact tweet because it's it's pretty important to get the exact wording on what he said so and it was a huge tweet and it was his last tweet that he's done so far and it says had good calls this week with leaders at sony i confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of activision blizzard and then this next part here is where people are focusing on they say and our desire to keep place a call of duty on playstation sony is an important part of our industry and we value our leadership so there's a few things here does he mean um keeping on playstation forever after or does he mean just the current agreements or does he mean just working out some sort of deal where playstation users can get access to these games via xbox game pass or something like that and we won't know but what i th read from this tweet one is he's just putting this out because it kind of will calm the waves of the anti-competition and the monopoly stuff saying, hey, listen, like, yeah, we got all these IPs, but we're still going to put them on PlayStation. We're still going to be a friendly company and we're not, and we're going to make sure that if you buy a PlayStation, we're not going to hold it over your head to make you come and buy an Xbox. So I think that's the main reason he put that out there. But secondly, 
what I think he's saying here is that Call of Duty in some form will stay on PlayStation, which would be Warzone. That's what I think he's saying, pretty much. And you're going to be incentivized to come over to Xbox if you want to play like the latest game, the latest uh, campaign or something like that, or at least to get in to Xbox Game Pass. Or, <laughs> you never know, maybe he had a good call with Sony and Sony's like, you know what, you know, cut us a deal, we'll put Game Pass on our system and uh, we'll make some money off of it, you'll make some money off of it, and at the end of the day, both of us will just keep getting richer and richer. Maybe that's it, I, you never know, right? But the, the idea that Xbox bought Activision Blizzard to bury Sony, like I saw a tweet on my on my Twitter feed, I had to comment on it. Um, actually, you know what? I'll pull it up because it's easier to, to um, talk about it. But I had to comment on it because I think that's kind of a old way of thinking and kind of a bad take overall. When you look at the industry, um, where it's going, where who Xbox is focusing on in terms of... Um, okay, I can't find it. But in terms of who their major competitors are, like... Even Phil Spencer commented on this. He 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 was in an interview with the Washington um, Post, and he said he doesn't. Yeah, he, he's like he's doesn't fear, or he doesn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't. He has no fear about Nintendo or PlayStation because he doesn't believe they are going to harm the video game industry because they have their experience and they've been in this industry for very long. Who he does look at though are the bigger tech companies who are just going to try to come in and get a piece of the pie, such as Facebook and Google um, and even Amazon and stuff, right? And I think Xbox is looking at that more so than anything with these types of purchases because they know that a company like Google, a company like Amazon, a company like Apple even, Facebook, right? Or Meta, whatever they're called right now. They have so much cash flow that they could pull off these deals like Microsoft can, but I don't believe Sony can. <laughs> like they can, yeah, no. I, from from what I've seen, I don't think they can. So they're buying up. They're spending sixty seven, sixty eight, sixty nine billion dollars to get all of these IPs and to position themselves for the inevitable fear, I guess, that um, Google, Amazon, and these other big companies are going to do the same thing. And if they don't do it first, then they're kind of screwed. Their whole strategy of Xbox Game Pass is kind of screwed. So luckily, they have acted. They have all of this content. They have all of these IPs. And they're in a great position going forward. Even if Google goes in, like say, say buys EA, right? Even if they do that, Xbox, Xbox Game Pass is still in an absolutely incredible position going forward for the future of video games, which is going to be subscription, going to be streaming. There's still going to be physical ways to play these games, not like the actual game itself, but like physical boxes. And they're in a great, great spot. That's why they make these purchases. And what's hilarious is that we even found out that this just came to them. Like Activision Blizzard reached out to them. <laughs> it wasn't like Xbox was like, hey, Bobby, we, we see that your company's shit now. You want to sell it to us? He, they, reached, they knew their ship was, ship was sinking with the terrible PR and they knew they had to get rid of it. And, you know, Xbox is like, well, I mean, if you have some of the most famous and rich IPs in the, in the history of video games, let's make a deal. And, and then here we are, Activision Blizzard, 
now a part of Xbox. So I personally, I guess my to sum all of this up is this acquisition, I think, is overall going to have a net positive effect on the video game industry. There's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There's a lot of angry fanboys out there, which is just kind of like, if you are that upset that this has happened, you're really missing the point. Like, you're really, you're really, you're, you're really missing the fact that, one, you're so secured, you're so, like, in love with a plastic box and a corporation who doesn't care at all about you. That's the thing. Like if you were to stop playing tomorrow or whatever, stop giving them money, they couldn't care less about you. That's, that's the thing. And it, it goes for both sides. It goes for Xbox as well. If I stop, if I stop subscribing to Xbox game pass, stop playing games on my Xbox, Microsoft doesn't care about me. And that's just the truth of the matter. So you should never really be too attached to these corporations. It just makes no sense to me. But the other thing is, you're missing the point that, yeah, this happened, but you're still going to be able to play these games and you're not going to have to go out and actually buy another console. Like you have a phone, you have, um, you have a, most people have a computer, most people have a laptop, most people have an internet browser. You're still going to be able to play these games. And if worse comes to worse and you don't like those, the way that those games play through streaming or whatever, the Xbox Series S is available. You have the most available options from any of the big three companies when it comes to video games to play these games, you're still so angry because it's not on your plastic box. And hopefully stuff like this continues to kind of change that mindset and stuff like this continues to open up gaming from all companies to more people from Nintendo, from PlayStation, whatever, right? That's the hope. That's the, net effect i hope comes from this but i could be completely naive i could be completely wrong this may all end up blowing up in my face and all my positivity may turn into negativity but with phil spencer running the show i'm pretty doubtful of that because he's been just awesome you look at where xbox was at the in the xbox one era you look at when 2017 hit and how the beginning of the turn Xbox is back. Xbox is back stronger than ever. Microsoft believes in gaming. It's not just that little division that these a bunch of guys, hey, let's we should make a console and, and try to get into the video game industry. And they probably didn't fund that much or whatever for a while. It's a huge part of Microsoft now and the amount of power and money that they have behind this has completely turned Xbox around. And luckily, with that power and that money that they have, they're at least being consumer friendly, which is all I think you can ask for at the end of the day from a huge corporation like that. Because you know their goal, their their bottom line is profit, 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 profit. But hey, you want to make all your profit? At least be friendly to the people that are your consumers and that are paying you and give us great value. And Xbox is doing that. And that's why right now I support Xbox so much and, and I love what they're doing. But we'll end that there. That was just kind of a, a more of a ranty style episode i would love to know what you guys thoughts are on this entire thing is um because it was an absolutely crazy week i don't think we'll see another week like this well, at least for another year because we saw bethesda and then we saw this and we'll see what comes what comes next but it'll be interesting to see also what playstation does what's their next move because they got to do something now they've got to do something project spartacus has to be good can't just be mediocre it has to be great at this point to combat um or do something with what, what xbox is doing very interesting time more competition more value for us and uh it's a great time to be a gamer i guess that's all i can say right now 
But uh, I'll end that there. Thank you guys all for watching. Thank you for your support. Um, it's been uh, another fun week of videos. And um, yeah, just keep your eye out for videos tomorrow and throughout the week. And I'll catch you guys later.